Welcome to the Menstruality Podcast, where we share inspiring conversations about the power of menstrual cycle awareness and conscious menopause. This podcast is brought to you by Red School, where we're training the menstruality leaders of the future. I'm your host, Sophie Jane Hardy, and I'll be joined often by Red School's founders, Alexandra and Shani, as well as an inspiring group of pioneers, activists, changemakers, and creatives to explore how you can unashamedly claim the power of the menstrual cycle to activate your unique form of leadership for yourself, your community, and the world. Hey, welcome back to the Menstruality Podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Today's episode is about what it's like when our experience of menopause is actually supported, honoured and dignified. And it's also about relationship, intimate relationship in general, and how we can each take care of ourselves through and make sense of times of great transformation. So there's something in here for everyone. And this is fun for me today because Alexandra is your host. This is a continuation of our Wise Power Retreat series, which was an incredible journey we held in the middle of October. Over 3,500 people gathered to explore the power of menopause together. If you didn't tune in, you can find all of the conversations that were part of the Wise Power Retreat at, sorry about my dog barking in the background, at wisepowerretreat.com. And we're going to be continuing this series here on the podcast over the coming year. So I'm going to hand you over now to our amazing Alexandra Pope for The Fierce Dance of Menopause with Susanna Darling-Khan. Welcome to the Wise Power Retreat, where I'm having a series of intimate conversations with people about their menopause experience and what it revealed and liberated in them. This series of conversations is about the power authority and purpose that menopause awakens in us and what's possible individually and collectively when this rite of passage is supported and dignified. And today I am delighted to be with Susanna Darling-Khan. She is the co-director of the School of Movement Medicine alongside her husband Yakov Darling-Khan and they are co-authors of Movement Medicine, which is published by Hay House. And Susanna is a teacher, dancer and music maker and a trainee pony whisperer. There's no end to your talents, Susanna. <laughs> and Susanna is passionate about sharing the simple and life-transforming skills of embodied communication. As she says, deep listening is the new hug. And of course, Susanna Shani has a long connection with you and has trained as a movement medicine facilitator with you. So we feel we have quite a connection with you one way or another over time. And we had that um, wonderful interview um, three years ago, it was now, with you and Yakov together. And um, I would love to start um, with really where you position yourself with menopause now, because I think at that time you were in it, weren't you? Yes. First of all, I just want to say those words of your introduction were so, such honey in my being. Yeah, the, the, talking about the rite of passage and the, the particular sentence that stays with me is the, about the liberation of, our, of purpose and authority and something else you said maybe creativity but something like that but when menopause is supported and dignified yes and that really touches my heart and that's what I feel I am privileged to have had the experience of over the last years of my menopausal journey is to be really supported and to have this rite of passage acknowledged honored and dignified by the, the by, by my husband, who's been alongside me and holding a space for me in a way that 
uh, I recognise is a real privilege and unfortunately I think is quite unusual just to have that stability and capacity alongside one. Um, but yes, in terms of your question, three years ago, it's interesting, isn't it? That was just before the pandemic, wasn't it? It was. It was mm-hmm. that autumn. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> woof. 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 Well, yeah, I would say at that point I was probably just going into the epicenter of it. Um, and now I, I'm on the, I'm coming out. I'm still in it, but I'm still having hot moments. But I, there's been an appreciable shift, which I'm really happy to talk about. It's such a, it's such an adventure. It's such an unknown journey for me. You know, whatever the maps are, and I really want to congratulate you on your book, Wise Power, and thank you. So looking forward to to reading it and receiving from all the other people that have contributed to it. Uh, yeah, like what this is, mm. what this is and what this can bring in the way that you were talking about. But yeah, I, I call it my menopausal bend. Um, and the that, that went in the book, Susanna. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to, to describe that again for people that haven't read that? Yeah, or? yes, I would love to, to hear that. And, and I also, I just really want to, before we move on to that, I just want to, I was so moved when you spoke about how your husband supported you because in a way that it is such a privilege to have had that. And, it, and, and we want to so change the conversation that that is utterly respected, that everyone gets it and that people step up. Mm in whatever way, shape or form their relationships are with us so we can have that spacious, spacious holding. And um, that is the, that creates the alchemical vessel in which the magic of menopause can get to work in the most kind of integrated way. And in a way, it sounds like you've had quite I want to say an integrated experience of menopause because of that support. Um, but yes, um, tell us about the bend. I so love the image that you used. <laughs> well, it gives a very graphic way of answering your question about where I feel I am now. In yes. Fact. But yeah, God, I, I just, just want to tell you that as how my body responded to your words about wanting to invite everyone to step up to support our menopausal women to have that and then the word spaciousness as you said that my lower back kind of widened and I felt so much more ground and space in my energetic being and I I just really want to thank you and everybody else who is bringing menopause from the kind of cloaked place it's been in for whatever reasons we don't need to go into right now but to to bring it into a dignified place in in human society and our culture and do you know that there's only two other mammals that experience menopause i'm sure you do know this well no yes go on but they're two kinds of whales yes yeah and not even elephants because they thought elephants might but they don't and then the, the things that I can't remember the names of those whales. Can you? Do you know? No, either I can't. There are two quite unusual kinds of whales. And what those whales have that is in common with human society is that they have very elaborate or sophisticated and long-term culture, family systems and real kind of tribal knowledge. Yes. And that they think that the function of having females in one's tribe and one society who are who go on living after we can be reproductive is that it's about passing on information knowledge and culture to the younger generations and that's what's functional evolutionary um, about menopause and if that is so then we all and in all the terms that you've been talking about we all have so much to gain as a culture as a society as a world from giving menopause women that support and that spaciousness so that they can be we can become the 
the the wisdom keepers or the yeah, wise, the evolutionaries, <laughs> yeah, and the wise elders to support the youngers coming up to be the best they can be. Exactly, and all of our interests, therefore, to really find out what do menopausal women need and how do we give it to them, and then we're all going to flourish. That's what I was getting to. Anyway, the menopausal bend, my menopausal bend. So this is an image that came to me as I was coming into this experience. It was as if I'd been driving a very good, fast sports car, and it's red for some reason, (laughs) along an alpine road. And it's a good road, but it's on the the flanks of steep mountains. And, And I'm going fast because the road is clear, and it's a good road, and it's a good car, and I'm a good driver, and I am going, and I'm enjoying the speed and the power of that. And then I realized that up ahead of me, there is a hairpin bend and it is really precipitous and there's forests and trees and it's so, such a steep bend. I've got to slow down really, really fast in order not to go off and kill myself. But I've also got to slow down not too fast, otherwise I'm going to lose control and kill myself. And that's that strong language, but that's how it felt. I've got to find, I've got to slow down really, really quickly, but safely. And at that point, pre-pandemic, I was zooming around the world, offering movement medicine workshops. I was living so fast and it was so important and I loved it, but I knew I needed to slow down. And then the menopause was just like, like that. I've, I've got to slow down. How do I slow down in a way that doesn't just dis, dislodge everything that I've created here mm. in terms of the, the strong and, and beautiful life and purpose that Yakov and I have built together with the School of Movement Medicine? And then the pandemic came. So I was already slowing down, but the pandemic was like, it was like a gift for me from, yeah. from the gods. And I know that so many people have suffered so intensely and it's certainly for for me as well was not easy because our income stream just stopped boom finish we just had to reinvent our work online and simplify everything but nevertheless we were at home and there was this so it was like like in the apex of that Mm. end somehow there was a a lesion you know not not collision but alignment of what was happening and what was needed. And though we were working harder than we've ever worked in our lives the last three years, we've been at home and we've been on our land and I've been Mm. able to just go, and through that process, and who knows what would have happened if there hadn't been the pandemic, I'm sure I would have found another way. I would have needed to slow down and have more space it's really the tempo that's been the key thing for me. I've needed to slow everything down. I've become very interested in the vagus, the polyvagal nerve and all the parasympathetic nervous system stuff and, yes. and, and embodied listening. That really came out of the pandemic and the menopause, that thing together. Mm. And I felt like the angels knocking on my head, my, guide, my guides really. Yeah. Yeah. You have got to you you have got to create something about embodied listening because it is so needed so needed particularly with zoom like how do we listen to each other with our full beings and our full bodies anyway so as you can tell uh, my tempo has gone up again um i'm coming out of that corner i feel like i'm just revving up into the next part of my life and it's the vista is very different and I really don't want to lose what I've um, what I've learned. Yeah. This vista that you speak of, I'd love you to just can you fill that that image out for me more? What what's what's the what's the vista like? What do you know? Yes, can you say more about the vista that you have now coming out of menopause? so interesting so I haven't actually this is the first time I've said that so I'm I'm investigating I've had that image of the bend and where I am relative to it kind of revving up again it's so I'm just seeing this it 
it's not that steep, precipitous alpine thing. Mm. The cars change colour. It's now deep green. It's it's a much softer landscape. It's like a wide valley. It's more like where we actually live. Um, rolling rolling hills, like more like English. Mm. Um, it's interesting. It's like coming home, coming home to England, coming home to where I live, literally coming home to this land. And um, oh. and I maybe I'm not even in the car. It's like I'm walking, or I'm walking with a horse, or I'm walking. Or I'm driving slowly. It's like that's this. There's a lot of energy come, and and also sexual energy come back. That's a whole another story, but that's very exciting. I'll come to that. <laughs> yeah, I'll come to that. But it's the thing that I do not want to lose is the slowness, and and actually seeing that image is very corroborative of that for myself. Like, ah, oh, yes, that's. It's like there is a lot of energy in, in it and, and fertility. Oh, yes. Yeah, and, and creativity, and, but it's, it's more a sense of, of a meandering path rather than a got to get there now sort of thing. You know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. there's a curiosity, there's a sense of multiple ways, multiple paths, people wandering together, having these kind of conversations, sharing. And, and it's all about sharing what I've learned. Mm. I mean, it's like I, I feel this, oh, yes, this is connecting to a vision I had a few years ago. It's like, like yes, I see the landscape. Mm. And in the centre of the landscape, there's a river. And there's lots of streams leading to that river. And the river leads to the sea. And the sea is my death. That's when my river joins the great sea mm. and in the time between now and dying that's something that's become so clear um, as part of the menopause is really recognizing the teacher and the reality of death that is i'm praying and assuming and hoping uh, and intending is not imminent but it's it's a there's a cognition of that on a different level mm. partly of course because we have my father living with us who's 89 and almost certainly in his last years if not months and that's mm. that's also bringing that very into focus but um so that in the time in the vision between now and my river joining the sea mm. i'm my purpose is to really to to share what i've learned to make sure that the new generations the next generations have it in a form that they can use mm. and rather than a sense of fluorescence of the new and exquisitely sophisticated techniques of movement medicine and everything that we've um, elaborated at so such fine-tuned finesse of human consciousness and evolution wow yeah. now it's about unpacking that into simple um, doable, accessible steps for people, rather than going on elaborating. It's more about making it digestible and sharing it yeah. um, forwards and and wider. That feels like the work, and it's a very different focus from this creation to the more about the dissemination and the, and yeah. the sharing. Yeah, which fits with the whales. It fits with the whales. Mm fits with the whales I'm just really taking in you, you the sort of atmosphere of your speaking and sort of living into that atmosphere with you and how the tone and texture of your life the whole quality of it has shifted and um, I can feel something has this so there's something softer and something also it's more expanded I feel I can sort of feel a stillness in there, an incredible presence. And you speak of coming home to your literal land. And, you know, we, we speak of menopause as just the heart of what menopause is about, is about bringing us utterly, utterly home to ourselves in a way that we can never abandon again. 
and and then I know what it is. I'm feeling a peacefulness in your image. And I think of that home that we find in ourselves at menopause breeds peace in ourselves. It, you know, it, 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 there's something that can let go and relax. And yeah, there's kind of peace in the system. And I love what you were saying about the vagus nerve. <laughs> Okay. I've, I always jokingly say, I've said this before, that my nervous system is God now. That <laughs> is completely bowed down to my nervous system and care for that because I hate feeling shit and I don't want to compromise myself. And that's my absolute barometer now for goodness. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's so simple. That's so accessible and that's so real. And I'm sure everyone can relate to that. I've, I don't want to feel like shit and I'm not willing to compromise and I... That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, um, thank you. Thank you for that reflection. And I think the word peace is is correct. And it's it's like that that actually peace is not. Um, there's nothing worth sacrificing that for. No. And, and that that. No. Is wow! Wow! No, there's nothing worth sacrificing for that. That is just everything isn't it mm. yeah and a lot of that is i mean I'm, I'm just obviously so aware as we're talking about peace about the war in ukraine and uh, yes. the horror of that and yeah we we have some ukrainians who come to live with us in this time and they they're just actually yesterday they moved to their new where they're living to be closer to the work that they found but we've been so connected to that conflict through these these very this very very beautiful family that we were connected with and came to live with us and that yeah just so you know real what does it mean to live in to live in peace in a world that is at war um, where there all the where there is such a level of war and conflict and horror going on not in denial but also not knowing that the peace that we can bring is the peace that we can bring and it comes from within and I'm really feeling something shifting as we're saying this mm. like this is a prayer that actually that commitment to one's own inner peace and to whatever that takes whether it's more exercise and less doing and more slowing down and more listening and you know whatever it is it's that's one's elixir that one is then able to offer out in in ways that ripple, and who knows what is a big ripple and what's a small ripple and what matters and what makes a difference. But I know that everything makes a difference, and that's the foundation really of my life. Everything matters. Everything makes a difference. Every drop colours the ocean, and here we are. Everything we do makes a difference and this theme of peace the discipline of well when you were speaking about that and i felt it very strongly what you were saying and it did feel like a prayer in the moment one of the images or uh, words i use to speak about the power that we inhabit postmenopause, and it it comes with time postmenopause, but menopause sets us up for this, which is as we speak of being a sentinel for the world, keeping watch for the world, and I think of us as world workers. You know, absolutely postmenopause. Your business is the world in the fullest sense on all levels. And um, who we are in the moment, the responsibility of holding who we are in the moment and recognising that that is a contribution to the world mm. um, is the discipline. Well, it's a discipline that I hold and I believe it's a discipline. Um, it's, the, it's what menopause can prepare us for, uh, holding that level of discipline of presence for the world 
presence for the world and it serves the world in the way you beautifully described when you speak when you spoke of peace we've sort of stumbled onto this turf of you know i i speak of menopause as sort of freedom country but that freedom is it's it's a responsibility and i really hear as you speak your deep sense of care and presence to uh, step up to serve life community the world mm-hmm. um and that that really demands something requires something of us mm. i no, i think that uh i'm aware of the danger of that mm-hmm. um being a, a kind of it would be might be easy to perceive that as should that everyone should have that orientation. Right. I don't think everyone does, and I think that's okay. That, that's for some people, or, or maybe they do, but it, it's expressed in a very different way. Exactly. Um, you know that some some people, older women and men, do an incredible job gardening and growing flowers in their front porch, and and that's their con. In effect, that's their contribution in the world and and one one cannot judge one is more or less important than the other um or you know looking after your grandchildren and or the child next door or there's so many ways and i think the attunement that we each have is very very personal um, and as you say freedom is is a responsibility and the more responsible i am the more free i am in a sense, and there's also a sense of choiceless choice about it. In, in, there is. <laughs> in, in, in another sense, the more aligned I am, the, the less choice there is because my inner voice is so clear about what I'm meant to be doing now, or not doing now. And it can be quite, um, as you said, it's a discipline. It can be quite like, oh my God, do I really have to give up that? Do I really have to say no to that? Yes. Okay. And and that process um, of embodied listening, ultimately meaning listening to oneself first and foremost, mm-hmm. uh, which the menopause is a very fierce taskmaster of, I I think, and I think that's the the level where we, well, I speak for myself. I certainly need because my drive to be fast, vigorous. I have a natural speediness that is, you know, exciting. And and I loved adrenaline. You know, the the buzz of jumping <laughs> not jumping out of aeroplanes because I never did that, but the kind of you know, those those slides where you know children's kind of big yeah. adventure where you go, woo, and you let go. I love that. And screaming with the the kind of fear, excitement, glee of ah and then and then getting into a place of needing something very different. I needed quite a fierce from my body to 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 really hear that's not okay anymore. Mm, mm, mm. And and menopause is is fierce, isn't it? It's I don't think I've had anything like the fierce ride that some women have, but it's been pretty intense in terms of, you know, waking up in the night with the the heat and oh, the heat. Good. <laughs> relish I never thought I'd relish cold like I I have come to relish the cold <laughs> like what <laughs> the proportion of women in any building that are, are, are all around the open window <laughs> taking their clothes off and oh god <laughs> yes it's just a menopause Red School, we want to create a world where the kind of time and space and dignity and respect that Susanna has been talking about is given to everyone going through menopause. That's why Alexandra and Shani have written their new book, Wise Power, to rewrite the story of menopause in our world. You can order your copy today at wisepowerbook.com. And it's also why we gathered 
thousands of people together for our Wise Power Retreat Conversation Series, which you can now access for free at wisepowerretreat.com. And we're going to be continuing to expand upon the retreat over the coming year. So for the book, wisepowerbook.com. And for the retreat series, wisepowerretreat.com. Okay, let's get back to Susanna and Alexandra. I want to just briefly acknowledge what you said um, just before that. Um, and then I want to get on to, you know, what menopause demanded of you, in a sense, <laughs> uh, to get to the kind of gold of where you are now. But just to really reiterate this thing about um, our lives post-menopause, how singular you, you, the there are... Um, a gazillion million ways of serving the world from the infinitesimally invisible and small to the very grand big acts. And no one act is grander or bigger than another in terms of impact. Everything, everything, everything is required. And it is not even, you know, it's not even knowing quite what it is you're doing, except, you know, you just have to do something or, mm -hmm. It's the energy. It's the it's the feeling within you that um, is is important. There's a, a kind of movement of within of uh, that you feel you want to do something, and that's and it's this inner directedness. And I loved the way you spoke about um, the choiceless choice because the the more you came into yourself, the more uh, it was sort of non negotiable uh, mm. around what you had it to do, and so. Uh, how that happens for each person is so singular and so unique. And then what then becomes the expression from that is so singular and so unique. And the diversity of who we are is just everything. It's just everything. Yeah. It's everything. So coming back to uh, really the process of menopause itself and um, I suppose what it demanded of you, what what you had to sort of face or understand in yourself or see or, yeah. Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah, so it comes back to this theme that we were with at the beginning of support, dignity, dignity and spaciousness, dignifying spaciousness. And so what I needed to do was slow down massively, which mean, meant doing less work, which meant um, really surrendering and supporting my husband to do more work for him to really come out with his books and for me to support him to come out with his brilliant books, um, Jagger in the Body, Butterfly in the Heart and Shaman in the world and really spearhead our, bringing our work to the next level and relax in being supported by his, um, to be really, really, you know, kind of basic about it, his financial power mm -hmm. um, and his strengths. And what I had to face in myself with that was such a lot of absolute fear about that. Yeah. Oh, you know, just, I was so terrified of losing my significance. Oof by through being supported by my man mm. and becoming I was kind of frightened that I would dwindle into some little nothing and and lose my it's not even status though that is relevant significance is the right word I think significance yes if I wasn't kind of keeping up if I wasn't like cutting it on the same level as he was in the world. Mm. And so I had to face how my identity had got, um, my self value had really got wrapped up with success work, making a, an overt offering, which is why that the thing about peace and also, you know, whether you grow a flower or you, you have a relationship with a wild pony who's that's compassionate and mutually 
honouring and respectful. Like, who knows whether which is the thing that's going to change the world, and everything changes the world. So, because my what I grew up with as an as a known purpose for myself was to play my role in healing the world and healing the suffering that I witnessed in the world from a from being tiny. Mm-hmm. I had this compelling. This is why it's not just about status. We've been Jacob and I've been talking about this, and I've been trying to understand well, what is it what does significance mean as opposed to status it's it's that sense of accomplishing my purpose mm. and I thought that meant or I assumed that meant kind of heroic acts of transformative whatever um interestingly I've, I've got a red jacket that when I bought it um I I said to the person that I was buying it with I'm going to wear this when I teach movement medicine in parliament because what kind of decisions might be and what kind of cooperation might be possible if we dance together if they dance together before yes. debating um and i was looking at it the other day and going maybe i'll never do that and maybe i will i don't know it's like but that was the kind of like okay i'm going to change the world and this is how i'm going to do it and and so i had to like let that go i'm still letting that go i can feel it the grief about that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> because I'd love to wave a magic wand. And... I know, I know. I, I often feel like that when I'm talking with people about menopause. I say, oh, God, I wish I could bring out a magic wand for you right now. But this is the initiation at work, mm. what you're doing. You know, this is the initiation that awakens the power that's possible post-menopause, yeah, it's radical. It's radical acceptance, surrender, honouring the breath of life, you know, the base, the gentleness. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I've learned is the power, the power of gentleness and the power of listening and the power of slowing conversations down. I, I was mediating a conversation a couple of days ago between two people who are very, very dear to me, and and they're both skilled communicators. But all that was needed to help them really break through to open-heartedness was to slow it down and to appreciate each step that had each one had made, and support each person. And then their hearts just went so beautiful, and the medicine was so simple, but it. It's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy to... It requires a huge discipline again. Yeah. It requires, you know, that slowing down is one of the most powerful things we can do at menopause to be able to come through it in a way that is liberating for us. Slowing down is radical. And the thing about slowing down, which you will really know, is that the moment you start slowing down, you start feeling more. Mm. And in a way, you become more vulnerable, actually, to the complexity and fullness of everything. Mm. Mm. And I think that that harvest of, of the integration of that and then through through that attunement, being able to support other people to slow down yeah, in their interactions with each other. Yeah. Is that, and then how, how, yeah, how the hearts open this, and the, 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 such an easy, like low hanging fruit to be had there. This is my hope actually for what I am now feeling that is my most important offering in the world is the embodied listening work. And it's because it's so radically simple and because the goodness that, that can start feeding back into one's own system and one's relationships so easily by making these simple changes that are simple, but they're not easy, as you say, to remember, particularly when we're getting into conflict or getting excited, getting mm. analysed. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> But the rewards are massive. The rewards are extraordinary. 
Mm. This thing of slowing down and coming into presence. Yes. And really being able to receive and hear what's happening and how our hearts open in that act. I can really feel, Susanna, I can really feel how you're inhabiting this new space. I can feel the potency in what you're saying, just in the way that you're speaking. But I, it's so, it's so um, alive and soft and loving and powerful. That, that slowness is so powerful. That's so beautiful for me to hear, Alexandra, because because right now I don't feel particularly slow. Um, so it's really nice to hear that energy is being transmitted, and I can feel it. I can feel it in my belly and in my yeah. I can feel it. Yeah, and, and more. Well, I can feel I can feel the discipline in you. The commitment you have made to embodied listening, to presence, to being here. I can feel that commitment in you. And it's sort of in training me, if you like, in the moment as well. Oh, bless you. Well, I feel that very mutually, actually. I feel your, <laughs> your discipline and your, your capacity to word these things is so beautiful. I'm really keep thank you of honey and um thank you Hmm. and i think that 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 discipline as as you say it's a good word and i like reclaiming that word because it's got such a bad rap but actually it's really key to so much Hmm. and and how menopause has 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 made that non-negotiable yeah yeah that that yeah, like, like there is there is nothing. Yes, it's menopause, and at the same time, twinned with movement medicine for me, and twinned with and uh, a gro- growing. It's e- growing like every week. A new discovery about this, about the power of interoception, which means feeling the sensory feeling of our bodies from the inside. Yes, and that awakeness to physical sensorial sensory presence mm. and how that that informs our nervous system that's grounds our nervous system yes yeah and that and how healing it is in terms of one's own presence one's own self-knowledge self-acceptance and capacity to be with others and capacity my capacity yours to be in the world and so it's something I feel like there's been this for myself this magical coming together of what the pandemic has made me do stop traveling yeah and, and just before the pandemic I was having these messages like it's time to stay home and connect globally stay not just stay local but stay home and connect globally and <laughs> You know, thank God for the internet and this magic that we can, you're home, I'm home, Shani's home, and we're connecting. And this yeah. is going to go, you know, bless you, wherever you are, whoever you are, who's listening to this. And I hope you can feel your body now in this moment. And um, yeah. I just really want to acknowledge the importance of what you've spoken there because you, movement medicine has awakened this extraordinary aliveness to your being, as I understand it. You use this word interior. I can't say it now. Interoception. Interoception, yes. Yeah. Yeah, The capacity to feel one's being from the inside. Yes. And um, you have been, you know, you arrived in menopause with this kind of embodied intelligence really and so menopause had such good soil to land in with you (laughs) because we talk about being prepared for menopause Mm. 
And of course, we talk about menstrual cycle awareness prepares us. It does. It evolves us into it. But any kind of inner work that, you know, anything that is bringing you into yourself and making peace with yourself and you know, getting to know yourself more and more um, is uh, can really set you up well to meet menopause. I The word I want to add there is body. Body, yes. Knowing yourself on the inside of your body, your physical, kinesthetic, sensual and sensory experience of your body, which is the common, one of the common things between movement medicine and your menstrual cycle work, is that they're both about the cycle of energy as experienced through our bodies. That's right. I, and I and that's a radical act in our world that's so, you know, talk about body consciousness or body conscious, but it's mo 99.9% .9 of it is about how we it, the body looks from the outside, not from living from within it and letting that inform how we live. And so, yeah. I Thank know. you for that, that clarity. Yes, that's, um, that is so, uh, uh, it's so core, it's so foundational what you articulate there. Yes. Um, I'm conscious of the time. I, we're okay. We're still doing good. And in a way, perhaps this is the moment to come to this. But I think people would kill me if I did not follow up with you <laughs> on what you mentioned at the beginning mm. so, uh, about how your sex, uh, your experience of sex, mm. your sexual energy. Mm. And um, so uh, I, since we're talking about the body. <laughs> right body sensations i'd love to segue to that because this is such a big issue in menopause and um we spoke about this in our previous uh conversation with when yakov was there and it was wonderful that was so profound that honestly that conversation was so valuable i would just love to hear more about what you're experiencing now <laughs> well, if you're up for it sure I mean, you'll have to tell me I suppose you can edit it out if it gets too graphic or whatever yes yes and at the same time just aware of, of our, our own our privacy and what's of course yes but basically um, yeah coming out of that menopausal bend where I experienced a real quietening of my own libido, my own horniness. And it was not that it was gone, but that I was so much more, it was such a, it was a quieter, quieter place sexually. And we went on making love, we went on, um, and it changed. I, Yakov held, used to hold me, um, that became a real ritual. How do you want to be held today, darling? Before before we entered more sexual place, and that was really important. And there was a lot of emotion often released in those holdings, and that was one side of it. And then there was the 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 boxing and the like, really being him being able to meet not meet as in fight me, but meet as in accept my anger, my fierceness when when it needed to come through. Um, and we have our boxing gloves in our house, which we still use sometimes, but that's got less. So I think that was very important in terms of maintaining the, the fire of sexual, like, like the fire and, the, and how anger and fire are connected. And if, if anger is not... Um, from the woman's point of view, if anger is not owned and accepted as in the currency of the relationship, if she has to shut down that anger, or thinks she has to shut it down and do, and hold it down inside herself, then I think it must be very, very hard to maintain a sexual relationship during menopause. Mm. And what we found was um, that good lube was really helpful and really helpful like a game changer 
and not to be able to just kind of jump jump over foreplay that's not where it's at but but just physiologically the body could do with some help at that time and we actually experienced some a lot of of new vistas in our lovemaking to do with much longer much longer and that how I'd always been such a horny woman so such a fierce sexy strong sexual energy and and so fast and you know I'd be so fast to peak and suck (laughs) like like just the mellowness and getting to know a completely different um, sine wave or sine waves of valleys and peaks and really, really enjoying much longer in the valleys and still, still quiet, communicative play between us, play of the energy between mm-hmm. us. So it became more energetic meeting as well as the anatomical meeting. And then now, in the last few months, I've been quite delighted to feel like like a kind of almost adolescent like ah coming back like like seeing my man walking around the corner and going whoo yeah <laughs> and, and how lovely that is and that the thing all that we learned and experienced the menopause is still there mm. and we've recently been on holiday just just caught back the day before yesterday so we've had for the first time for three years actual a real break and just time with each other and and there's new things opening sexually which which are so like the honey of honeys I don't there's something that I don't think I can really talk about yet because I just don't know how to word it I've never heard and I don't think I've ever heard anyone talking about how it can go on and on and on getting better that's not true. I've heard one couple talking about that, mm-hmm. but it's very rare, and and I feel like we're we're moving into ground where well, where is this going to lead us? Because it's so golden, and it's such like a a deep listening and a deep inner knowing of each other and a deep communion where there really isn't isn't a separate. There is a separation. It's like this play of the 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 union and and the two, the one and the two, the one and the two, the one and the two, and it's very very delightful, nourishing, potent, powerful, empowering for both of us, and yeah. A long time ago, I was on the Amazon, and I was praying in a ceremony with a, an ancient, beautiful Atua shaman, this is with the Pachamama Alliance, called Hin Pickett, who was like, I called him the Oxford dawn of, dawn of shamans. You could feel his lineage and this inc- real scholastic uh, in wisdom. I mean, just like, God, his frame of reference, what that guy had in his consciousness was just extraordinary and how he transmitted it. And I was asking, what do I need to click? What do I need to empower my service and offering in the world? And the answer I got in that ceremony was really startling. And it was the key thing for your uh, to empower your offering in the world and your husband's and your the two of you together is to nourish and keep cleaning and nourishing the source, the spring, the fountain of energy between you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And um, that was like, it was such, it was so, it turned everything on its head. It's like, you want to go out, come in, come into that. Keep, and it was so specific, clean and nourish the fountain of, of your relationship, of this, like I saw it, like a fountain of light, of water, stroke light. And that's the holy of holies, that place. And, and I feel like we're, we're beginning to, I'm beginning to understand more of what that means in terms of our sexual relationship and mm-hmm. in terms of the profound sexual, spiritual, yeah, um, sexual, spiritual, physical and energetic communion 
of our beings and and I you know it's I'm so privileged to be with that man and he's so privileged to be with me and that there's something about how our souls are weaving together and the discipline that it has taken and is going on taking to be humble enough to learn our lessons with each other and we we still make such a mess so easily we still so easily fuck up excuse me and fall down and blame each other and go into you know talk about aggression or unconscious aggression or microaggression you know all that stuff it's like god i'm a master at it i'm so good at it i'm so bad at it i'm so bad at being aware of what i'm doing and how and and vice versa it's like oh jeez we can make a world war in you know in 0.3 microseconds exactly <laughs> and here we are talking about peace like oh jesus christ like Please, oh my God, like really. And at the same time, we're getting better and better at undoing it and, and realizing what the medicine is. And it comes back, guess what, to interoception. It's like, drop the story. What's drop going the story. on in your body? Drop the story. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God, I feel like you've just given us so much. It was so powerful what you were saying. Ah. Uh. You know, funny enough, this was before I knew I was doing the conversation with you this morning because we had a little kerfuffle about because we had messed up at our end. Um, before we had the conversation, I found myself standing in the kitchen going, communion, union, communion, union, yes, menopause, coming into union with oneself and communion with life. And then... <laughs> There you were, using those words, union and communion with your beloved. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, I think this could be a great moment to bring our conversation to a close, Susanna. Sure. A note of union and communion, your incredible um, sharing. Thank you for being so generously, open-heartedly revealing of your sexual journey because uh, there are so few stories like this. And um, I think it will be so powerful for people to hear the way you speak. And I want to acknowledge the um, what it's taken for you to get to that place with Yakov and what it takes ongoingly. Because guess what? It turns out you're human after all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we go on, you know, losing it and forgetting and then coming oh, back. Absolutely. And yesterday was our 33rd wedding anniversary. So Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Congratulations. That's fabulous. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, Susanna, before we finish, um, where can people find, because they're going to want to find out more about you and your work, what you're doing is just incredible, invaluable. So where can people learn more about both, well, the movement medicine work, but your embodied listening work? Yeah, 21gratitudes.com. Thank you for that question. It's 21, well, maybe you could put this up. Yeah. Yes. 21gratitudes.com and then go to courses and then there's the embodied listening course there which I made following the prompt from those annoying angels but I'm very glad I've made it and I'll be doing more stuff in that realm and then the movement medicine study hub is the way that people worldwide you can come and be part of this ongoing adventure and yeah cost and, and that that movement medicine study hub is part of 21 gratitudes they'll find it there that's right that's yeah brilliant Great. 21gratitudes.com. Correct. And on there, they'll also find a link to the Movement Medicine Association where all the incredible movement medicine teachers and facilitators we've trained are to be found and they're worldwide. So you can hopefully, there's somebody down the road from you, go and dance with them in the room, dance with us online. And um, we're bringing all this together into one website. So sorry, it's a bit confusing right now, but. 21gratitudes.com, movementmedicineassociation.org and schoolofmovementmedicine.com will cover it. 
Brilliant. There we go. <laughs> thank you so much, Susanna. And thank you so much for our incredible conversation today. Thank you. Thank you, Alexandra. It's been, um, I've discovered new things through your embodied listening and how you've reflected and enjoyed this this and i've yeah thank you so much for your work and uh, may it fly high thank you very much it's my utter pleasure (laughs) thanks for joining us today thank you for listening thank you for being part of the community of people gathered around this podcast If you have someone that you would love Alexandra to talk to as part of our Wise Power Retreat ongoing series of conversations about menopause, then please do email me at sophie at redschool.net so we can connect with them. And I look forward to being with you again next week. We're going to have a menstrual cycle focused episode next week. So I look forward to being with you. And until then, keep living life according to your own brilliant rhythm.